Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Laundry. All right, welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Guys, it has been a year since we started, and we are going full circle back to the PTO, back with Dylan McNeese. Yes, yep. sir. <laughs> Where you guys jump in and start talking. Right. Well, yes, we are going back to talk with Dylan McNeese. Tons of stuff has changed with the PTO. Can't wait to just chat with him on updates and how the first year went and a whole bunch of cool stuff of hopefully what's coming up for this year with the PTO. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, by the way, PTO was the first episode. If that's not what, that's kind of what Garrick was implying. That was our first episode. Well, and the thing about Dylan, you can't rattle him. I've tried to get that guy to laugh and it's impossible. He's just like, he's as stoic as they come. He's as, he's straight edge been tough to get him to crack under my tomfoolery well i mean he's uh he's definitely a level-headed guy so he's yeah he is good guy to have on um but we're gonna get to that but before that today's pretty exciting day because we are going to be announcing the winner of our march contest and thanks to everyone who has i guess subscribed as a patreon is that how that works yep Yep, we've actually, I mean, we're going to announce, we've got 10 patrons. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty exciting. Um, you guys have you know, really jumped in and supported us here. And uh, we're going to, so a one in 10 chance of winning this contest. But don't worry, we're going to have another one next month. And that'll be announced soon for the month of April. So we got a little special wheel here that Garrick's put together with all the names on it. And we're going to have Radio Voice Nick announce once Garrick spins this wheel on his computer. We're all sharing a screen, so it's very exciting for us. Maybe we should like record this, put it on like something. We are recording it. Oh, there we go. That's how that works. Shows what I know. Does show what you know. How? Who's gonna bring in Radio Voice Nick? Well, we will once we spin it. Actually, okay. We'll bring it in, and then you're gonna like do the play-by-play. -play, okay. All right. Well, let me go. Let me go get him. Okay, okay. coming. Back in five seconds. All, All right. right, we're here with radio. Let's call him Radiohead Nick. Oh, hey there, guys! It's Radiohead Nick coming here live from the Real Triathlon Podcast. Beer, beer, yeah! <laughs> Radiohead Nick, thanks for joining us here. Are you? Oh, it's a pleasure. Excited to announce this giveaway. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, guys. It's great. Let's get that wheel spinning. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was neck and neck between Steve and Brian, but it looks like we've got Brian as a winner. You win a new car from Audi. I've just secured that relationship. It's going to be delivered to you next week. Are you stoked or what, Brian? <laughs> wait, wait, that's the wrong, wrong podcast. That's anyways, you win some goggles. You win a huge discount from Rolf Prima. I believe you're going to get some cool wheels. And Jackson, what else am I forgetting? Uh, Garrick, what else are we forgetting? $50 gift card. Ah, uh, yes. $50 gift card to 
That's the uh, running. Jackrabbit Jack- running. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for knowing your sponsors so well. This is Radiohead <laughs> Nick signing off. Thanks, Radiohead Nick. That guy's a trip. Yeah, that guy's that guy's on something special. So, Brian, thanks for being a patron. You're rewarded with the first contest win. We're gonna get in touch with you via email to get you those prizes. So that's yeah. Awesome. And if you win, we'll we'll send you a form to fill out. We'll just need like you know social, mother's maiden name, paper, <laughs> blood type. We'll need all those things in order to send you your gift. So just be on the lookout for that. Yes. We will send you an email, uh, Brian. I was reading the names of all our freaking awesome Patreons here, and I think we should give them all a shout out. So we'll start with shout out to Jeff, Chris, Will, Jeff, Steve, Brian, Courtney, Lucas, Deirdre, and Mario. What are the odds of having two Jeffs? Look at us. We're lucky. Probably like one in five. <laughs> <laughs> well, 20, that's 20%, and 20% of our Patreons are named Jeff. There you go. Uh, well, so Jackson, we have we're gonna have another one, obviously. So if you're not signed up yet for the Patreon for the Real Shot podcast, it's worth considering because you're a select few, and Jackson's gonna coordinate all the giveaway stuff for the month of April. We don't even really know what it's gonna be yet, but we will announce probably Hopefully after Iron Man seventy point three Texas yeah hopefully next week and but i guarantee you we will have one also we're going to keep bringing you that bonus episode each month so we had the bonus episode with dave hopton for march um have we we haven't set that out yet have we no because we announced last time that we were going to put it out in april (laughs) okay so we're putting it out when we send out this now that we've announced this we're going to send it out to all of our um current patrons so you guys all get that bonus episode as well so you win something even if you don't win the contest for the and i think for the next bonus episode i'm gonna get a hold of or one of us is gonna get a hold of a really high profile highly ranked pro and we're gonna just grill them for about 20 minutes straight and just dig 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 until they either tell us to frig off or they give us the information we want so the next special episode is going to come from someone big i'm going to probably start emailing Jan now or email him like two three times a day i I think he responds to instagram so i'm gonna i'm gonna do something (laughs) we'll get him him. anywho we should probably continue with the content here so what are we going to be talking about before we jump in with dylan we're doing iron man 70.3 texas that's coming up this coming weekend so that's pretty exciting how Mm -hmm. are you feeling for that race you know I know we've got different amounts of taper. I've heard Nick is doing like a freaking six hour ride, like eight days out from the race. So that'll be pretty interesting. But what do you guys think is going to go down there? I'm Galveston. Garrick's going to poop his pants. Hopefully. <laughs> you know, if it was a full, I would tell you there's a good chance that that would happen. <laughs> In a full, there's always a 50-50 on the poo pants. Yeah. Playing runner's roulette there. <laughs> Garrick, you feeling ready with all your 80, 90 hour work weeks or what? Yeah, man. Actually, I, it's funny because we, this is a very last minute decision to do this, but the last three weeks, I think I've been talking myself up like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. Uh, even <laughs> though 
maybe the training prior to the last three yeah. weeks wasn't great. Blind confidence. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely, I think I can get through the race distance. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, like I feel good. I'm really just, I'm in a place where I'm just happy that I'm going to get the opportunity to tell the line and I'm going in it with no expectations. I mean, we've all seen the start list. It is next level. Um, like I, you, I'm just grateful that I can raise some of the best names in the sport and, you know, hopefully it's a good stepping stone to St. George for me. Um, going into this, we kind of, we knew it wasn't going to be great. It's not going to be a great race. I won't be super tip top shape for it, but just scrape some cobwebs. I haven't raced since October, 2019. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> First race in about a year and a half. Yeah. Um, oh, did you guys see the pro um, newsletter that came out from the race? They said, if you don't have a COVID-19 vaccine, you have to race with a mask on it. They, I swear it's in there. They said it, you got to wear a mask the whole race if you're not vaccinated. So just right, be that would just be me out of us. I think it's, I think they said three masks. Well, you can do three for personal protection. Yeah. Just get April talking. Fools. It's April 1st for us when we're crying. <laughs> gotcha. So ah. <laughs> well, it's fine for me. I'm vaccinated, so. Um, I made out with a girl who was vaccinated. I think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, so, Nick. Just kidding, Karen. <laughs> um. She's not listening to the podcast, Nick. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> um, Nick, you've got a lot of training because you're doing an Ironman later in the month-ish. Um, but how do you feel for this race after crushing Miami? Um, I'm, man, I, I've got a different strategy for this race, mainly because um, I've kind of tapped into some new types of mental confidence. And like for St. George, that's kind of like always been my golden nugget since I live here in St. George. I want to go well there. So um, my plan at Texas is to absolutely rip myself a new one until I can no longer tear her open any longer. So swim, gas it, bike, try to be first off the bike, run, try not to be last. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am going to just see what my legs can do and then see how I can run off of it. Cause I know St. George is going to be just totally next level. So I would love to know personally how hard I can bike and either blow up or do decent. So that's kind of my priority. Just give her I'm a full send. <laughs> just going to send it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty good, man, because I am, uh, you know, I'm going to probably try to go with you if I'm there because I've been honestly swimming very well for me. I've been seeing times I haven't seen in years, like many years, um, which is really exciting. And I'm feeling really confident in my swim. Um, unfortunately, we just got sent into another lockdown. So I'm going to be a little shy on the swimming coming in for the last week and a half, but hopefully I can, um, at least, you know, I, it looks like I'll be able to find a way to at least get in some open water or do some tether swimming or, or something, um, which will be huge to just gain a little bit of the, the muscle, you know, just those motor firing patterns and the muscle mass and those types of things. So, 
I should be okay for the race and I should be able to maintain that fitness. And then, yeah, like you're, you're going to probably crush the swim and bike. And if I can be there with you, I'll be crushing it right there too, because we know we've got guys like, you know, Ben Canute and Sam Appleton who are going to swim and bike extremely fast. And we want to be up there with them as close as we can. Um, and then there's just such a deep field of guys who are going to be pushing it on the bike and you've got to be, you got to be strong to even have a chance to kind of hang in there. Um, How did Sam Appleton get number 98? I don't know. I feel like he probably registered really late or something. Um, 60 60 men confirmed on the start list. Uh, 61, I guess, if you count Mr. Appleton, who's also number 98. Well, there's a couple of those numbers are skipped, so probably like 55 or something. Okay, but – but Florida opened up about a week and a half ago after Texas was announced that it was being postponed. So um, the odds are that some are on both start lists and just like always, we'll see who the heck shows up. Yeah. I hear you, but you know, you know, Lionel's showing up and some of those guys who aren't on both start lists. So uh, yeah, it's going to be nuts, but yeah, it's, awesome. it's obviously going to be really strong as well. Um, we got, I know we've got Jeannie Metzler there because Justin's there and Garrick's about to scroll down so that we can see the women's names here because that's, yep, Ooh, Jackie, is. Jackie just went so well at Miami. Oh, yeah. Jackie Herring, Sky, so did, so did Sky. Strong. Heather Jackson, Sarah Crowell. Oh, Sarah's going to be super strong. You've been training with her next, so you know, she's probably crushing it. No, I cannot comment on Sarah's fitness. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Lauren Brandon, there we go. We're going to have a freaking super swimmer in the race too. So you've got everything and in a pretty big start list as well on the women's side, that looks like probably 40, uh, or close to it. So that's a, it's a sizable list. Well, Texas world championship. That's right. I've heard it's really, really windy. Um, right on that twice. Um, I've, I've raced there twice. The, the first well, actually, both times we carried about 32 mile an hour average on the way out and about 23 average on the way back because the headwind is so severe, head cross usually. Um, but this is the one race that I've always noticed that guys go out like full gas. I'm talking 120%. Like even I think the last year I did it, I was running like 330 watts and Matt Russell went by me like I was standing still. I was like, what in the shit are these guys doing? So that's kind of every 70.3 now. Everyone's going for the first half, like 110%, and then they finally settle in and suffer on the tail and hope they can run. So expect to go out hard off the swim. Yeah, good advice. Yeah, and that just means also you got to be in a good spot after that swim just to be in there with those guys because if you're kind of isolated, you're uh, you're in trouble. Um, so let's do it you're doing jackson's doing uh florida as well so you're doing the triple you're doing texas florida saint george so that's going to be awesome to capture um you're going to put together a lot of content a lot of results and then you're either gonna do really well at two of them or really well at one of them (laughs) hey man really well at three all three is tough man come on you even gotta admit one out of three two out of three is a win that's true, but I also just I haven't raced, man. I'm I've just been building for this block. I know I yeah. can do it. Like I've done it before with three races in three or four weeks. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the chance of really nailing all three, not super high, but um, typically if I have a race walk like this, I'll have like two good, like really good ones and one like, okay, pretty solid race. I bet Florida and St. George are going to be your freaking cash cows because you've done so well at St. George before, you know how to execute that course for sure. And Haines City in Florida is pretty rolly on the bike. And then uh, if they haven't changed it much. It's got a pretty tough run course at least a couple hills. Yeah. Um, and that'd be well suited for you too. So like, I think those two races after you get the, the cobwebs dusted off there, um, at, at Texas, it'd be good. Isn't Garrick doing the triple two? Garrick, you doing the triple two? I have my name on start list for Florida in case something goes wrong in Texas, because I just, I can't not have that opportunity to go after not racing for so long. <clears throat> That's fair. Yeah. Good call. Well, you deserve it, man, for sure. Yeah. But touching back on that, sorry, there's a, I had to go muted for a little bit, but. Did you hit the fart? Yeah, you got <laughs> it. You called it. <laughs> um, no, there's some background noise. But, um, man, Jack racing three times in, in four weeks. I know it's half distances now, but he used to race three times in like two days back back in the day before he was doing halves. I did some ridiculous stuff. It was remember. And then there was a one year where it was the first year I did halves in 2017. And I did the provincial champs draft legal race on the Saturday, a sprint try, and then drove all the way to Michigan to do steelhead, steelhead and had oh my first of the year at steelhead the next day. Do you remember that? I was there for that whole trip. That was, Epic. That was my best run of the whole year. I mean, I wasn't running as fast back then, but I ran like a 117 um that's a tough course at benton harbor man not a fast course yeah so i was pretty pretty stoked with that but yeah i've I've done a lot worse that being said i haven't been racing a huge amount in the last year so we'll see how the old legs respond to the big old race block here and i was just scrolling through the start list here came across a name that we had that i haven't heard in a long time ivan ranya ranya he was like pre Javier Gomez, like the Spanish guy, ITU. Dude, um, I've raced him at least three or four times in Europe, and he is like the biggest sandbagger on the bike. And like, I'll probably put six or eight minutes on him and the bike off of an Ironman, and then he'll run like the fastest split out of everyone to come back and finish in the top 10. He's like, just don't count that dude out. Well, I mean, I don't I haven't seen him in two years, but. Anytime I've raced him, that's what's happened. He's just driver on the run. He's got to be like mid forties now. Like honestly, yeah, be like mid forties. And you know uh, who was on the women's list was Didi Griesbauer. And I, that's inc- she's still racing pro. Like that's amazing. She's been doing the announcing. Like she kind of well, I thought she was kind of done, but here she is again. Um, pretty ridiculous. She's, freaking, she's killing it, man. I, know, I just pretty up there in terms of racing age for a pro but uh triathlon knows no age she's apparently she's 50 years old so that's amazing well freaking sick anyways guys let's roll into this interview because um this episode is gonna be like four hours long we keep talking okay dylan mcneese coming at you is ready the nick Welcome to the podcast, Dylan. We are happy to have you back. You were actually our first guest ever on the podcast 
well over a year ago now. So a lot's changed in that time, but we're super glad to have you back on and uh, see how things have come along for the PTO. Yeah, it was great to be your first guest for sure. Um, it's funny, I actually have done more podcasts uh, in the last year being retired than I have actually, than I did actually as an athlete. So uh, I seem to be uh, more popular now uh, helping out the PTO. So absolutely, yeah, glad to be back as well. Nice. And yeah, that was the first episode and we were super fresh. And even though I haven't gone back and listened to it, I'm sure we made a lot of newbie mistakes. <laughs> it's still our ninth most downloaded podcast. Cool. I'll tell you what's easier for me this time is actually that I can see you guys and see who's talking because I, I'm pretty sure last time we didn't have video and I, I think I struggled with um, who was asking the questions. So thanks for upgrading to video. Yeah, we've learned a lot of things as we went. So, except for me, I, I still have shit internet. <laughs> You've got a good photo there, so uh, well done, Nick. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, I remember being pretty nervous for that one, and just like, you know, first time, and just being like not taking breaths, and after I would say something for like ten minutes, be like, oh my god, I haven't breathed for like ten minutes. <laughs> we just cut each other off the whole time. That was the main thing we were good at, like just talking over each other. Yeah. For sure. So let's get into this. So yeah, I mean, it was well over a year ago when we had you on before the PTO hadn't really done anything yet or much when we first had you on and there was all these ideas and we actually had you on kind of before the coronavirus pandemic kind of happened. Um, so it was a little bit, uh, a lot more hopeful than what ended up happening, but as everybody could see, the PTO stepped up and supported a lot of races for pros. They still had the Daytona championship. Um, and overall, I think the year from a pro perspective, I think most pros think the year went really well. Um, how did you guys feel about the year as a whole in, you know, given what we had to work with, are you happy with the exposure you were able to get at kind of the championship race? Um, in terms of like viewership and, you know, what are some of the things you learned as an organization in the first year? Yeah, I guess COVID was terrible for everyone, but actually for the PTO, it, it actually gave us a really good chance to show that we were here for you guys. Um, and, you know, if you really look at the numbers, it would have been quite a dire year for a lot of athletes without having the PTO. So although we were stoked to be there, we would still probably prefer that you know it was a, a normal year and that our athletes uh, had all the opportunities they should have had to race um, but yeah for us it was I guess it just gave us yeah that good chance to sort of set a good foundation and show you know that um, a we we kind of have the the commercial side which has to um, you know go about trying to make this a commercial reality but then it also gave the likes of the board and me who's sort of like a paid member of the board a chance to show that we're here to try and support you guys too um obviously paying out the the um world rankings early was a big call um but i think it was the right one and i think you know every athlete that got that bonus was i think really grateful but um that was a good thing to do supporting all those those sort of little events around the place was um also a great thing to do and just building kind of the brand was um also went really well and then obviously to top it off with Daytona was was great and it was definitely no easy feat getting a Daytona sort of off the ground um I know 
kind of a lot of athletes maybe would have preferred that the race didn't go ahead, but also a lot of athletes really wanted that race. So um, it was, you know, for us, it was just a good opportunity to show that we were, we were there for you guys and also what we kind of wanted to do in the future. So all in all, it was kind of a, the last year has been a blur to be honest, but um, hopefully things are looking up um, even more for everyone this year. So this might be a bit of a, a big question or a loaded question, but what are the plans for PTO this year? Like what are the big goals? Um, obviously the Collins cup is a massive one. Um, we really believe that the Collins cup is going to be like that, that anchor for the organization. Um, it's the event that's really going to allow things like that, like a trickle down effect, you know, um, it's going to be celebrating the, the best 36 athletes in the world, but we really need that event to be a success to um, pull off all the other goals of the organization and, and to support as many athletes as we can. Um, so daytime, um, the Commons Cup, absolutely our focus. And then uh, we do actually have a list of races maybe out in the next week or two that we're going to be supporting um, just to keep athletes kind of keep athletes racing, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, just keep building on, on other things like uh, a new sort of rankings websites coming out with a whole lot of really awesome data. Um, we've got the member app coming out, which we hope will make it just easier for you guys to like contact the PTO, um, but also communicate between each other. Um, so yeah, just uh, more of the same, I hope, and hopefully more, other, you know, other racing gets back online too and just gives you guys uh, more opportunity to, um, to make a good living. The member app, eh? What's, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? So it'll, it'll kind of streamline the sign-up process. Um, you know like membership process but also with that uh you'll be able to change like your profile picture on the website um so if you get a new one where you look really good you got some cool new glasses on or whatever you can change to that one um and then what we really wanted to do is just make it easier uh so you'll be able to sort of create um let's say you go to a race you don't really know many people you'll be able to actually create a group and select you know um, athletes from the app and create like a I don't know, um, Ironman Tulsa kind of race group. And so you as pros will be able to communicate a bit easier easier, and and ask other pros who may have already raced there so to know the local kind of scene or whatever. So really just helping you guys connect, but also connect with the, the kind of um, the administrators of the PTO, I guess. The coverage that we saw for Daytona, and Miami now this year is something that I think has given travelers hope that this can actually really become mainstream because it was, it was honestly next level. Like there's never been anything like it in the sport, in my opinion. Um, how did, how did those, the numbers look in terms of viewership? I know there's a lot of different ways for people to watch. Um, and then for Miami, it was kind of like a small fee and I, I paid to watch it because it's like four bucks or whatever. And, watch an awesome race like is a no-brainer for me so how, how did those programs look in terms of numbers and, and compared to what you were hoping for yeah i can't exactly remember the numbers but i think it was the live coverage had um the web-based live coverage i think had about seven hundred and fifty thousand um kind of live live views or views of substance to use that word again 
um, which was about double what Kona had the year before, I think. Um, so all in all, and then they also had the other platforms, which I haven't actually seen the numbers for, but I think the one-hour ABC um, a highlight show also had really good viewing numbers, I think over a million. Um, nice. And all in all, it exceeded expectations from most of the commercial team and also the TV guys. So um, it bodes really well for the future. And I mean, talking about the coverage, if you talk to Sam and commercial guys, yeah, it was great, but it is, we're still so far from where we want it to be and what we want it to be. So I think it's really exciting to look at say Daytona and go, that was great. But really the goals are to be a lot better, to provide a lot more data and, interaction and um talking points um and yeah so i hope the collins cup will be another step up um i got a kind of um question that re relates to that bigger picture um you know this is a lot of money that broadcast daytona the amount of money that's been going to the payouts last year and then again this year like what are the boxes the pto needs to check to secure funding for another amount of time and follow-up, I guess, or part of it is what are these sponsors that we're targeting for these major network um, kind of like broadcasts? Are they biting? Are people interested? Are companies like, I don't know, let's just say Coke. Are they like, well, this is getting a million views. We'll put in half a million bucks. Is there any sort of equation that works out to where this is going to be an actual long-term or are we just like a puff of air if this hit shits the bed one day? <laughs> yeah um i don't i don't know the exact answer to that because that's more the you know commercial guys but i do know that they were really quite happy with daytona um, especially considering where we want to go you know like the coverage was good like i said um we still got lots of great feedback and it was you know well received and everything like that lots of people watched it but um i think we're still kind of it's still like an endemic viewing um, still people that maybe would watch a triathlon watching it and we want to get people that never really seen a triathlon watching it so we do need to improve on that and uh, I think so Daytona just proved that there is a really good platform to launch from um, and by all accounts lots of people the commercial guys are talking to lots of people um, obviously these things take a while um, so I can't really give you a, a direct answer other than to say things are positive on that front Okay, so we're not broke yet, and hopes are that we're going to not be running dry. Um, no, no. Um, this is, you know, it's kind of, I think it's kind of been said from Sam and maybe Charles that this is really quite a long-term investment. Um, you know, we might have, say, three years of money or whatever we have, uh, but they're talking more like 10 years. So, perfect. Um, you know, there was a potential to make money back on Daytona, um, I think which was way ahead of what we had kind of predicted and hoped. So um, I think say in three years, it's, it's looking, if we can continue a good trajectory, then things are looking really positive and um, yeah, hopefully we don't, we don't run out of money too quickly. Well, and speedway races too are in, you know, Jackson, you've done a speedway race too. Like, I think it is the future, like the, especially with the type of tracks that are going to be released next year. I think there's a couple more, road tracks that are part of speedways that have water access and that's the tough part water access plus speedway whatever so mm -hmm. there's going to be some opportunities for more technical courses some steep grades some climbs like 
that is the viewership right there. Like, I don't think the budget's going to be there to put a helicopter in the air and broadcast with six or seven motos on a full course that like a full Ironman course or 7.3 outside of a Kona or a Roth or something. So in the interim to keep the sport fun, like I think speedways are, are the key. Are, are you guys on, you know, thinking the same thing with challenge North America, just jumping in and taking charge of that. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I guess we would look at any good venue. Um, Daytona obviously provided like a really safe and secure and just did something a bit unique. Um, and then Miami was similar. So uh, that's again, like that's up to the commercial guys to, to sort of talk through with challenge North America. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, it's uh, it could be the future of just um, especially kind of smaller races. So even just pro only would be, pretty easy to put on you know and good cameras and stuff at, at speedways so i think this is one to keep an eye on um obviously the collins cup in Zamorin is going to be it's a 90k bike ride out and back as far as i'm aware so um again it's a, a bit different but when it's kind of pros only it is a bit easier to to cover and a bit shorter to cover perfect well that's all my racing questions jackson hammer them on the point system <laughs> not yet we got to you know, oh, go where we're at. So we've been on the topic of money and, you know, obviously figures and stuff for advertising and whatnot, not really something that we're able to access through you or nor do we know anything about. But um, you mentioned how they paid out PTO bonuses last year and supported a lot of races. And you mentioned supporting more races this year. So just to kind of put that into perspective for people in 2020, I actually made more money racing than any other year, like as a triathlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's because I'm getting better and, and whatever, but without PTO, that would not have even remotely been possible because absolutely it was the, the top 50 bonus payout was a big chunk of that. And then supporting the Canadian pro tri champs that I raced, um, you know, it wasn't a huge prize check to win that race, but the sponsors see that this is a legitimate race and this is worth paying bonuses. And that's hugely important. Um, and I think now that PTO has that name under, you know, the name brand built sponsors know, okay, this is a PTO supported race. There's going to be some kind of photography, videography. It's going to be broadcast. It's going to have some eyes on it. Now we can pay bonuses for that. So that was something that you guys did great last year. And I think Nick, Nick did, two probably pto races last year is that right nick yeah i organized bear lake brawl and then um raced great floridian and those were just such great events i mean i'm sure you all at the pto were like scratching your heads and playing catch up and saying something and revisiting that three days later and saying something else like it was just like flying by the seat of your pants but holy shit you pulled it off and you funded all these awesome races i know you you waited heavily into the pro triathletes who were building these relationships with race directors and now it seems like the template is there and the process is more streamlined so are you all super like do you have like a like a program now is there a definite way that you're incorporating local governing bodies and all that stuff like has it really gotten much better yeah we're trying to work through like um national federations now essentially so uh, going to them and saying hey what a what are some good events we could look to support that you think will actually take place? Um, and yeah, like you say, Jackson, um, so on the sponsorship front, we're actually putting together a document now for professionals to use to go to the sponsors and say, Hey, 
you should pay bonuses for um, like PTO supported events because yes, we give prize money, but we also give a budget for photography and, and if they can like a videographer. So um, we're just, yeah, we're, we're really mindful that you can't just give money. You've got to try and promote the race and the athletes as well. So I hope, yeah, for these events coming up, um, everyone who races them is able to get some, cause you know, it's not huge money to win. You know, we can't, we're trying to spread the prize money a little bit thinner um but we're also hoping that if you podium you get a good bonus and that that helps yeah that's huge and um it makes sense not to pay huge for the winner because like you said you have that videography budget photography budget and again just to give people a little perspective i made for winning the canadian pro tri champs last year i made three times as much from bonuses as i did from the prize money something like that maybe two and a half times and and that's you know that's as like kind of a, not one of the top, top pros, like a top, top pro, their bonus would be like 10 times as much as a, the prize money win. So it doesn't make a huge difference for them to make that extra four, three or 4,000 on like a really top heavy uh, bonus or prize money structure. But for those people who are just sneaking into the money and they're a newer pro and they're trying to make their career and cover their costs, that makes a big difference paying, you know, eight deep or 10 deep versus only three or five. Um, so I think you guys are really nailed it with that. And you mentioned races that you want to support this year. Is there any races you can mention that you're supporting? I know it's already been announced that there's going to be a chase format race in Guelph, which is where I live, which is amazing. Um, any others that you can mention or even just like how many you're looking to support, what the prize purse might look like, um, and that kind of stuff. I can't mention the events right now. I'm just waiting actually on confirmation next over the next few days and then i'll get it out to athletes um but it's around 10 events i think so uh i guess you can also already say that husky took place in australia um then we're looking at obviously the us europe uk um south america again and and south africa again um and it's not a closed book at this stage you know if someone came to us for a really good event to support um then we'd definitely look at it uh, but we are just trying to get a list out to athletes so that they can, you know, plan as much as you can in, in this environment. And if there's a race director or pro athlete listening now that has this great race, how would they approach you with that? Uh, they can just email me or me or Ronan, um, Sam, Charles, anyone with, if you've got an idea, uh, whatever email you can find, just um, send it through and uh, we, we'll have a look at it. I think that's Dylan McNeese at frigoff.com is his email address. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. We'll put that in the show. Thank notes. You yeah. Thanks. Oh, so this year's looking great. You know, we've got some races that are slated to happen. We've already had some amazing races happen. You all in New Zealand have freaking been crushing COVID cases. It's probably non-existent. It's probably eradicated. Um, so if you just had Ironman New Zealand, um, we're hoping to have Ironman 70.3 Texas in a couple of weeks and then St. George, yada, yada. And Tulsa, I hope is the, the big key one for the U S that starts up. Um, so are you all working with Ironman at all yet? Have they responded to any, like, have they sent like a, a smoke flare to say, we heard you any <laughs> weird signs? Um, no, we're not. I think the policy is that we, that they just don't accept outside assistance for, for prize okay. money and things like that so okay that's fair enough it just means that we focus on ourselves and um 
hopefully that means we can kind of provide more opportunities for athletes to race uh, rather than kind of, you know, throwing a little bit of fuel on the fire of, you know, I, I saw the start list for Texas 70.3 and um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy. So uh, hopefully we get more and more racing online as the year progresses and, and everyone gets a good chance to, to make something. How many PTO members are there now? If you were to kind of just give us a vague idea. Uh, about 460 or 70. Um, probably a lot more than we expected. Uh, it's actually been, it's quite amazing. Like I get a steady flow probably, I keep thinking that this week will be the last week I get like a membership application, but I probably still just end up with two, three, four, five a week. Um, so, and a lot of them are like actually athletes that you kind of, I've, I've probably heard of through my career. So you keep thinking that you're getting now to the, not to be <laughs> insulting or anything, but like the drips and the drabs, the people that kind of race pro, but just do it for fun, you know? Um, but there is, there are a lot of good athletes out there. So I'm, uh, it's good to see them coming on board and, and hopefully, you know, we can't help everyone to the same extent, but hopefully we can, uh, we can help them all a little bit here and there. So, okay. So now I know we always, we always want to do this. We always want to talk about the point system and there's been a change, um, a little bit of a change over the last, I think it was announced a couple months ago um, to the point system. It's largely the same, but now it's, only three races, but it might go back to being four. Um, it's what I kind of heard. I actually wasn't able to attend that meeting. So do you know what that change was and kind of, can you briefly explain why that came into play? Yeah. So it's moved from four races to three. Um, and there is no longer a, it used to be, um, any race, I think any your races within 12 months counted for full points. Um, and you could have, I think, one race that was up to two years old um, that would count for a deduction of about, I think, 5% or maybe 10%. Um, and then there was also a bonus for a full distance race, which was plus 5% points. So we'll kind of wipe those bonuses and deductions um, and also removed one race. And it is essentially now a rolling 12-month ranking or even rating if you want to call it that um so from the the world bonus pool will be um decided as of like the 31st of december of that year it'll be paid out and then of january 1st that year um you'll start with your three best races from the preceding 12 months as your as your rating or ranking um but how it works now is that if you don't race within i think it's the first six months you actually lose a race um, off your ranking. So you do have to race um, three times in a year to maintain your ranking. And there's no, uh, we've also removed things like there's no frozen rankings for, for injury leave. Um, it really is just a 12 month sort of ranking system. Um, hopefully that has explained it a little bit. So the only, well, the only way to freeze is maternity program, right? That's the only thing that's going to freeze points. Um, and that doesn't actually freeze points. That that freezes, um, how would you describe it? On the day that you say um, announce your pregnancy or when you start your pregnancy leave, your rankings for the payment purposes are frozen on that day. 
Um, so if you rank number 12th, but you don't actually maintain your rankings. So you will fall off your rankings um, through maternity leave. But if you really dig deep into maternity leave, um, you can essentially be paid about 24 to 26 months, I think, um, of maternity leave payments over only 15 months of being out of racing. So it's, it doesn't, it's oh. quite a technical thing. But um, yes, you do lose your ranking, but we have tried to like even it up by making sure that they're well supported through our maternity leave. I was going to try to get pregnant if I was top 10. <laughs> That'd be great. No, there, is, there is paternity leave too, which is um, you get within, I think, a year of your baby's birth, you can have um, a one month paid uh, paternity leave. That's there great. So there you go, Nick. You can. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm not at all hating on it. I think it's awesome. I was just making a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's pretty cool changes. Like I, I just like I'd like to hear you know Garrick and Nick's thoughts as well, of course. But I think definitely it's important to have the rankings reflect who are the best athletes at that time, not who was the best a year and a half ago. Um, usually it's the same, but not always. You know, you have people. It really gives a chance to those people who are like, all right, I'm jumping into the sport. I'm coming over from short course, whatever. And I'm racing a bunch this year, or even just for the, you know, I'm going to do four races this fall. All of a sudden they could be up there in the top, whatever, because they just had three or four good races. So, um, that's, I think important. And, um, it, it's just like any other sport where, yeah, it's, it's pretty much the 12 months and that's where it is. And if you had an injury or something, that's unfortunate, but it unfortunately does affect your ability to race and, and other people will step up and, and take that ranking. But what do you guys think about those changes in particular? Uh, Nick first. Um, so I, I think the changes are phenomenal. First off, I mean, I don't really understand the point system that well, because it does seem very complicated in terms of each individual races weighted points and how you would earn points based on those you know, statistics for the race. Like that's the only thing that I have no effing idea of what to expect. And that's, I know you're working towards that. So that's incredible, but we could, you know, I, I don't really want to race for as much money as I do as points. Points are what matter in, in the big scheme of things. If PTO becomes this big, biggest thing ever for our sport, I want to focus on the points. I want to chase those races with the most points. So I hope eventually we can see a a better prediction, a better way to pick the, the races ahead of time to where we can, you know, fight for those rankings. Um, since that's probably going to be the most important thing as far as payout, um, cause we got to make a living. So that's cool. Um, but then, yeah, do you actually, Dylan, do you understand how the points are weighted and, you know, why is it that we just didn't go for more of an ITU purpose type situation? And these are, I know, hard questions to answer. I'm not expecting the best because I, I don't think any of us really know outside of Thorsten, but is the PTO also looking maybe to like hire an external company who does points and evaluations for like a living that is maybe an independent non-triathlon related entity that could maybe put some, I don't know, maybe non-bias to it. Not that, not a saying there is bias, but you know, this point system was developed because to predict Kona outcome. And now it's this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, not that I know of, we, we are working with someone else with the new um, rankings website, which is, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I've seen kind of the demo site and it is, there's a lot of cool information there. 
Um, I think the easiest way to describe the ranking system is imagine you're racing Fredino and he races to his potential. Um, he will get 100 points. Um, and then based on how far behind him you are, let's say you're one minute behind, you might end up with 98 points. Um, so when you race, you've always got to think about that you're almost erasing an imaginary best athlete because um, they will generally always do the best time possible on that course. And with Jan, you could say he will be pretty much the fastest anywhere, right? Um, yes. And then, so how it works is that when, if there's a field of, say, 20 men, you can actually work out a pretty good sort of, um, I guess, average of what you would expect each this group of athletes to do in relation to, say, Jan. Um, so that's the adjusted ideal time part of it. Um, so after the race, Thorson will go back and go, all right, we expected Jan to do this time. And I'm just using Jan as an example. It's more based off like a group of the best athletes. So say the top five, I think. Um, and so I think if you were to look at it objectively after a race, um, even a really good race, and you go, yeah, right, I, maybe today I was five minutes within yarn you know if he was racing um then you can actually look at your points and go oh if you look at the system that way a lot a lot of the time most of the time the points are actually do accurate accurately reflect say if you're realistic where you would be in relation to say the best athlete in the world um and that's how the points are decided designed to work rather than um being able to say go to a race and say cherry pick um, not that that's very easy these days um, and win the race and get say a lot of points when realistically the performance might not have been you know worth the same as if, you, if you're racing uh, the best athletes in the world does that help okay. a little bit yeah it's, it's clear as mud I think we should use uh, Daniela's time predicted that she's going to be the one winning every, everything <laughs> pretty soon she actually yeah. got I believe it was 132 points was her most um, at a race. It was not a full distance race, but it was, um, I forget which race it was, but it was a lot more than a hundred points. So um, obviously 32 more than a hundred is, is a lot. Um, but I mean, it's all kind of relative because the top women all had more points than the top men. So they kind of just had more mm -hmm. at the top and less towards the bottom, you know, below 50 kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think there's no like question that the way that that point system works is kind of the most, you know, in the event that it works perfectly and the calculations were done well, which they usually are. And usually they make sense at the end of the race. Um, there's no question that that's, that's fair. It's just the, I think the question that everyone has as a pro and as a people who are racing is, is it, does it really capture the spirit of sport and competition the way that you know we would expect and hope and you you take any other sport and obviously it's not based on time or you know whatever let's say if it was golf based on what score you shoot none of that it comes into play so i think the thing that a lot of pros are thinking myself included is that there are ways to account for how competitive the field is without making it based on time so you can, you know, for example, I mentioned golf, I've done some research on golf and 
you know, their championship races, their, or their races, their championship events, like PGA championship, you know, what have you, they have a set number of points, a large number of points because they know it's going to be competitive and they don't need to see who's coming. So, you know, Kona 70.3 worlds, you know, um, PTO championship, all those events, they could be like that where, you know, it's going to be competitive. So you give them a set number of points and everything else has kind of a baseline number of points available. And it kind of trickles down from first down to whatever 20th. And for each high ranked athlete that enters that field and starts that race, it bumps up the number of points that are available. So let's say, let's say the top, somebody in the top 10 races, maybe it bumps up by 10 and somebody from 11th to 20th races, it bumps up by five and 20th to 50th, it bumps up by three, something like that. Um, and then what that does is it kind of what Nick was getting at is he kind of said, Oh, I, I'd like to go chase points. It doesn't mean he wants to cherry pick. It means he wants to go to the point, the races where the most points are available. And at the, in this current system, it kind of doesn't matter where you go, but really it does because there are, we saw that there were some races last year and two years ago where for whatever reason, maybe the bike course was cut short, like the day before or something. And there was just a ton of points given out and everyone got a ton of points. And it just kind of was that luck of the draw. Whereas if Nick's saying, Hey, I want to go to North American championship and all these great guys are going to be there and it's going to bump up the points. And I know I'm going to be able to compete for more points. If I have a great day, that's kind of, you know, that brings together all the best athletes in another sense. So I think that's what the future hopefully looks for. And I think, I think the pros want that in general, um, not necessarily because it's more fair, but because you can plan it and you can really go and challenge that strong field and go for those points rather than just doing your best and seeing how it comes out in the end. Yeah. Like um, championships races have championship points allocated that we all know ahead of time. Like that could be a standard easily. Yeah, um, I think they're almost quite two different systems, right? Um, you know, we the the current system is designed to try and, you know, you should still feel like racing your best gives you the best result um, wherever you are. We're trying to make it, you know, fair. Like, you can get a hundred points at any race if you race, you know, really well. Um, I think it gets if you go to the other system you can almost say it's, it does get unfair if you can't, you know, race those races, for example. Um, and then how do you, how would you scale it down? You know, like if it's 10 more points, um, is it based on the same system? Like is a hundred points, the ideal race, and then you can potentially earn 110 or is it 10% more points? Um, it is quite a, I'd say it's, it's actually a whole different system. So I'd have to kind of probably see it to understand it. Um, but I think I could draw it out for you. I could draw it up and propose yeah. it. I'm happy to do it. Um, so the way I'm trying to envision this is the way the points are done is that basically there's a bell curve and then we're predicting what that far right bell curve performance is. It'll get you a hundred points is, and then however far you are. And then there's like the average and basically you have most of the guys around this average and you're like, four standard deviations away to hit that far right. And then, so most guys end up in the middle, which to me almost seems like that you're almost going to get like a completely random order in the middle for sure, because that's kind of what we always see with data that way. 
uh, when you do sampling like this, but there's, so there's this one, um, sorry, high soccer world triathlon. I, I always call it ITU, but they changed their world yeah. triathlon now. Uh, so they, this is the exact way that they do their system is kind of how Jack's explaining it and how it is, it is tiered based on performance and then are based on points allocated. And that's how you move up through the tiers. And that just seems like the obvious way to go. And like, like it always was. So that's why it's interesting for me to hear like where you guys were coming from at this. Cause it almost feels like we're trying to reinvent the wheel as opposed to maybe how every other sport is doing it. And I'm interested to see like how it is. Cause obviously we had to start from somewhere and I don't think we, the three of us are here and we're, we don't want to, we're not all about just here lecturing you on this. We really want to hear your point of view, but yeah. I just, just want to understand <laughs> our brains, our brains are yeah. trying to make sense of this. And there's think, understand this, Nick, if we go and we like, I'm going to race 70.3 Texas 70.3 Haines City and 70.3 St. George. If I crush all three of those races and get 90 points at all of them, I will be in the top 20 or whatever. So that's, that's all I need to know because, you know, three races now, it only counts for one year and you just got to go and perform. And it's, it's really the same as any other point system when it comes down to that. Yeah. There's little things we could do, but that that's all I'm, I'm thinking in my head is I got to crush these three races. So, so that means within 10% of his finishing time, I guess, every time. 10%? I would hope or I not would. Temp- I mean, whatever, 2%. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you can show up to a race where there's like $5,000 of prize money and score 100 points on the PTO ranking. <laughs> well, it's also a racing. So that's what we're trying to get at here. It's not yeah. just the ranking, like it's actually your rating at this. And then at the moment it's morphed into a 12 month rating. So, you know, you've got a rating of 300, then you, you yarn for Dino. I think he's got more than that. Actually. Um, you got a rating of 280, then, you know, you might be, I think still top 20. Um, where the system I think really works well is let's say Texas coming up and there's, is there 60 men on the start list. Something like that. You, you could get, yeah, you could have an amazing race, finish seven minutes behind, or not seven, let's say three minutes behind, but you're 30th. In a standard point system, you end up with no points. In this system, you'll end up with almost the same points as the winner because your, your performance, not almost the same, but close to it, because your performance is actually really bloody good. Um, but you're well, that's just a perfect place. way to say it. No, I, yeah. I hear you there, and I agree. That's a really good way to sum it up because so this is like you essentially we're trying to do a standardized kind of like they do on the track where your time gives you your world ranking for that year yeah uh but obviously we can't do that in triathlon because every course is different yeah so that's the okay i see the angle on it now and so if you go to a championship race you know the same thing yeah you could give more points to a championship race so you do get you know even if you got 30 you still get a decent um, amount of points but we've just got this kind of rating. So um, Daytona, you know, the men's race was really close. Um, so first to say 10th, actually, the points drop off wasn't that big because all those performances were were super good. Um, yeah. And then when you, the same thing, when you go to a small race, you know, you could have a young kid that just absolutely blitzes the race, but um, a standard point system might not fairly reflect actually how good that performance was. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, say, hey, this kid has actually went as fast as Jan and Timbuktu and 
he should get 100 points, not not 50 kind of thing. Um, so I think there's, and I, I do, I can see the World Triathlon system now, which is, I think the World Championships gets like 1,200 points or something. And mm-hmm. then a World, uh, a World Championship Series race has like 1,000. So they are kind of tiered that way. And I think a, a World Cup's like 500. So yeah, and I think that's kind of a... On the ranking, like the ranked athletes that show up, it goes up by X percent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think we ought to just just merge to Bitcoin, and that's how we get our <laughs> points. We get it through Bitcoin. Well, That'd the other way more more sense. <laughs> the other ranking system is the money system, right? Whoever makes the most money is ranked the best. But you can you could definitely say that it isn't always. It's isn't not always fair either. Fair. To, yeah, to say who the best athlete is. Now, and I would say, guys, sorry, go ahead. At the moment, because for 2021 rankings starting on the 1st of January, that is from 2020 and 2019. So there are a lot of athletes actually ranked in there that it, it maybe isn't completely accurate at the moment because we've had to branch it out over two years. But come, I think, the 1st of August is the cutoff. If they haven't raced, those athletes haven't raced or raced well, then the rankings will kind of do a complete flip, I think, come uh, the first of first of August to more accurately reflect what's actually going on at the moment. And then come the end of the year, it might be completely, you know, look completely different and a lot more accurate. So I have one question about that that I was actually reminded. Um, I think it was Cody Beals that mentioned this to me. So we got we got the bonus paid out early last time. So it was whatever it was March or something like that, 2020 or April, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had all these, a little bit of racing, but nothing that really counted for points. And then we had Daytona, which does count for points. But then this year, the, the bonuses are going to be paid out at the end of the year. So is it going to include Daytona from 2020? Because that hasn't been included in any rankings that have been paid out. No, it's not a <laughs> uh, short answer is, uh, is no, I think it counts as a race for the Collins Cup. Yeah. Um, towards a qualification for that, but I don't think it counts in your 2021 rankings. Um, That's fine, it's just one of those that. things. Pardon me. <laughs> I, I'm not saying for me because I didn't get a lot of points there, but yeah. Um, but yeah, counting towards Collins Cup in itself is actually quite valuable. So that makes sense. Yeah, we just figured there might not be another championship race prior to the Collins Cup, and so it was it was the most recent one it would be good to use it um but yeah unfortunately that was just one of those things like we had to make the call for the payout the early payout um and it just meant that those i I would say those who were lucky enough to race in 2020 um you know they just had to deal with the racing as it was and and not get a an end of year payout because it already been paid oh yeah that makes sense for sure um cool well I mean, is there anything else exciting coming from PTO this year or something we should know about? Um, I think having all the athletes behind PTO now, like again, a year ago when we interviewed the first time, there was kind of a little bit of contention between, you know, some of the athletes that were lower ranked and stuff. Is there anything else new that you guys are excited about and want to mention? And then we'll get into a couple of questions that we had, or at least one that we had coming in from another athlete. Um. There isn't too much, to be honest. It's just kind of more of the same as last year. We're just trying to build this base. Um, 
trying to you know get the all the athlete profiles finished on the website and get this new sort of data driven website out which is like i say is really cool um and yeah you know we definitely didn't have a perfect year last year there's still you know the odd thing that people might not be happy about or some people are happy about um but yeah i just if i can ask that all athletes just you know give us a chance and and keep supporting us the way they have been um i really think good things can come of it so uh we're just yeah trying to trying to build the organization as best we can from ground up and um the collins cup is uh is probably our biggest and most important bit towards towards that we all are crushing it, by the way. Like I see announcements all the time from from uh, from Jane, and it's like new partners, new media contracts. Like it, the level of professionalism that's coming out of the PTO is just exponentially growing. Like every single week, it feels like. And I know the top twenty within every you know, within the rankings are just like freaking loving it. Um, and I guess that kind of brings to a couple questions. Like I know. Uh, I mentioned to a couple of friends, we're going to have you on and like Ben deal wanted to ask why, or like, how are we going to kind of translate more, I guess, paychecks to the mid ranked um, athletes. That's what kind of is in terms of development, because that's probably the meat and potatoes of this sport is the next 10 years of athletes. You know, the guys who are guys and gals who are the top 10 now may not be there in the next five or six years because these young up and comers are finally getting their, their gears together. Um, so can you speak to his questions in terms of how PTO plans to kind of lift up the mid pack as well? So where we can overtake the, the top. Yeah. Um, so the, the long-term goal is four majors um, plus the Collins cup. Um, and they will be, you know, like kind of selective races. They'll be uh, top fifth, top 40, top 50 men and women in the world will race at them. Um, we also want to try and, uh, over time increase the world bonus pool so that it really does make a big difference to even the 100th ranked athlete um, you know like over time maybe we can even extend that but at the moment I think like top 100s is, is pretty generous it is. Um, where we where we really want to support that middle ground um, is that for those top 40 top 50 athletes um, they're going to get maybe three four five big opportunities a year to race big money, um, great coverage events, and that will be their focus. For the rest of the athletes, we might still look to support like a more of a development series for, P for the PTO members. Um, but also what we hope is that it gives you guys a chance to um, go out and race, um, you know, Ironmans or, and, and win Ironmans or um, 70.3s and challenge events. Um, and I, go, I guess that goes back to the, rate, the rankings rating system is that if the top athletes are always getting to race the top athletes and earn those extra points, it might be really hard to like get a chance for say the 75th ranked athlete to actually get into a championship event. Um, but when with this more fairer ranking system, you know, everyone actually has a chance to sort of leapfrog and get into that top 40, top 50 um, to be able to race these big events. So it will be, we hope it just generates really competitive racing throughout the year and through the different levels of events um and again you know if the 40 best guys and girls are at um challenge daytona the pto championships then you know they might be another the other athletes might be able to go and race 70.3 florida and uh, have a good chance at at winning and making some money and getting some good exposure there too so 
um, it is kind of a top heavy kind of flow down effect um, but that's essentially the only way we can kind of do it at the moment I think that's fair to justify it that way like at the end of the day you're selling the top names uh, and if you're doing a majors like that's who you want there right if that's what you're gonna showcase to, to everybody and that will give an opportunity to everybody but is it going to be lucrative enough for those finishing in the bottom half of the major to show up to that race and not say scrap that and go to like 70.3 Florida or something just using your example. Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing and why I'm kind of happy that I retired is that the level of racing is just getting better and better and better and more and more competitive. So I think any athlete qualifying for a championship event will like have faith and belief that they can get into say, you know, getting 40th or 50th is not going to be massive money, but um, they should believe that they have an opportunity to get top 10 and top 10 will be, you know, well worth it a lot. Like, um, you know, Daytona, like we, we really want to try and set that minimum prize money standard and also make sure that every athlete that turns up is at least covering costs and stuff. Um, but we also want to make sure that the athletes that do turn up, um, get good exposure you know wherever they're, they're ranked but uh we really do need you need those big names and you need to support them and you need to really blast them out into the you know to the to the tv and to the audience and stuff to um to build the sport so it is kind of focused definitely on the the top guys and girls but we want to give everyone a chance to to um to get there and make some good money from it um last question from me from uh, another Instagram follower. Um, so do you all have, well, we saw Daytona bring in some short course athletes. So does the PTO have any investment in short course triathlon in example, for example, like the ITU or world triathlon, whatever they are now, super league or any of like national federation type stuff. Um, like have we financially invested or are we interested? There, yeah. Like the, the arena games that just happened. Um, you know, is there any, any possibilities to get involved there? Um, not that I really know of, you know, we are, we are long distance focused, um, but it's not to say that we don't have, like we, you know, lots of short course athletes are members too, and they're, they're more than welcome to be. And, um, you know, when you're an issue with the sport riders, it's so fragmented, there's so many different sort of organizations and stuff. And so we are trying to get as many professionals into the, the one kind of group as we can. Um, and, you know, why we had those athletes in Daytona is just because they obviously elevate the level of racing and elevate the level of exposure. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty important, especially in these early days, that we utilise every sort of asset we have in the sport and, uh, and, and try and build on them. Well, I think we're dry on questions here. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, it's been it's been awesome to hear from you. Maybe we'll make it an annual thing. Every you know March or April, we'll have you on. And what's new with PTO? Um, that's right. And, and you're yeah. our first source, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, anything you want to ask us as all PTO members? Uh, <laughs> our attention. Um, I mean, yeah. What can we What can we do better? Obviously, the points is an area of contention and. Uh, well, not contingent, just debate. Um, but anything else, you know, like we, you know, we, 
it's it's such a hard environment to operate in that you know we have all these plans like better community more consistent communication everything but it's hard to communicate when you don't always know what's happening in the world um but yeah anything from you guys that you think we can do a bit better on well uh, i think you've done really well i mean the only thing that seems like a relatively low-hanging fruit to me and it would be building on what you're already doing is those races that you guys support with the 15k 20k purses if if those if the number of those could be double as what they are and it's it sounds like a lot and, and let's say you double the number and you increase the payout at each one by 50 percent. so you're at something like two and a half or let's say three times the investment when you look at how much is actually invested in that compared to the collins cup and whatnot it's it would still be low um and that is where I think there would be huge support from, or there would just be, it would make such a huge difference for all those, you know, even like, let's say 50th ranked or even like 30th ranked up to like 200th, because that's just the opportunities where, you know, Ironman doesn't pay their prize purses as deep. And it's just, those races are what build and what give people those opportunities to race or even consider joining the sport and saying, Hey, you know what, you know, I didn't, make my Olympic dream or something, but maybe I I'm a really good biker. I'm going to try long course. Cause look, there's three PTO races in the States or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Um, I think that is a pretty, you know, to push that a little bit more, I think would be huge. Not only that, but it would really legitimize those races when comparing to like Ironman or something like that. And those things do matter to sponsors. Um, so I think, you know, that would be the one thing that I would say is doable. I mean, obviously it's asking for more money. And so it's not exactly, you know, like I can just say, give us more money. Um, I'll just take some, take a little bit off the top of uh, Collins cup there. Just take a million off it or 500 K. <laughs> I think you only need to take like a hundred K off. Yeah. So take hundred K off. We did actually do that. I don't know if you saw the announcement. Um, we reduced the Collins cup by 500 K and that's what we're using to um, fund these other events. At the moment, we have only, uh, we're only about announcing about 10, um, but that's because we're just kind of trying to wait and see what happens in the world. Uh, we've kind of set a date of, I think, maybe 1st July, 1st of August. Um, so no events beyond that date at the moment. Uh, but if things continue to be, you know, pretty unstable in the world and yeah. not many racing opportunities, then we'll definitely look to support more. And um, I've already, I think Ben Deal had the same um, he emailed me sort of the same ideas and so I have already passed that on and and Sam and the team that's something they'll they'll consider um, definitely going forward so uh, yeah it, it's a it's a really hard balance right of uh, we we do have limited funds so we've got to find the right balance to um, put in, into those events versus you know put into into the events like the Collins Cup that will and hopefully in the future is you know drive the sport drive the sport so exactly yep that's huge. Well, that's Dylan, only in the first half. So that's great that if, yeah, if there's less racing and you're already saying that you're willing to do more. So that's, that's really awesome. Well, I know we sound picky and a little bit, probably just like we're assholes just putting you on the old spot. Let's Jackson just sounds, just, he's real, really complaining here, but we honestly, like we've never had a better opportunity within the sport of triathlon. So I think that's like the, the wave we want to keep promoting is like, we have never been more represented and taken care of ever as pro athletes and all these questions and understand it's just so we can help 
everyone else who doesn't really pay as much attention kind of get like an in-depth review of what goes on in our minds and what they need to think about and all the good work you at the PTO are doing. And then there's a huge staff behind you as well. So we're just, man, hats off. So fortunate. And thank you for your awesome time coming on, Dylan. Like we just love having you. And, you know, we're sorry. We always ask you these questions that are just like the same in a different way. It's not even uh, no, no drama at all. You, you you guys might think you're asking hard, hard questions, but you are you're pretty fierce. So um, thanks for having me on, and yeah, just keep the questions coming. And and to everyone out there, um, that's kind of my job to answer questions. So if you if you have any, just just send me an email, and uh, I'll always do my best to answer them. Dylan McNeese at frigoff.com. <laughs> the real email will be in the show notes if that's cool. <laughs> Thanks, Dylan. We'll we'll love to have you on anytime. Thanks. Man, that was so cool. I mean, our first guest ever coming back and he's still working with the PTO. His roles have changed with, you know, what he's really responsible for, but the PTO in general has evolved into such a fantastic entity for us to rely upon. And obviously the top ranked pro athletes are really loving it because they're getting paid. They're getting paid a lot. Um, so that's always nice, but the big scheme of things, it gives us all some structure as athletes to shoot for. Now we just got to work on, as we talked about in the episode, how do we quantify points? Um, how do we predict points? And so the PTO is going to streamline that. I'm sure, um, you know, all the changes we've been hitting them with, I guess it kind of sounded like we were kind of picking them apart a little bit here and there, even after the episode, I was like, man, do we sound ungrateful? I hope we don't, but you know, Jackson, what do you, what do you think about all the things they've been doing? I mean, you got paid out, you know, early during the COVID year. So you've got to be just like super happy. Yeah. I mean, the money coming into the sport at the professional level is unbelievable. And it's coming at a time when there's literally, you know, the sport needed this to survive at, for long course triathlon. Like everything else was going down the tubes for prize money. And here comes PTO saving the day, honestly. And it's really awesome what they're doing. And I, I really think it's going to encourage more and more people to get into the sport, to really push at that high level. And we're already seeing that we're seeing guys coming across from ITU and, and just, you know, young guys coming up that are extremely strong. And I do think part of that is because of PTOs making this a really legit, awesome spectator sport that has a potential to make good money. Um, that being said, of course, we're extremely grateful um, but that doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. And I don't think that it was unreasonable for us to kind of mention, Hey, look, we think the point system could be changed. Um, the other thing that I don't fully really agree with that, um, Dylan mentioned was the, um, paying out for those big, you know, the four major races and kind of saying, Oh, well, you know, everyone should go because they, we, you know, everyone should believe they have a chance for the top 10. So it shouldn't matter if they don't make good money. For finishing, you know, 21st to 40th. Um, I, I really disagree with that because although it's true that everyone should believe they can finish in the top 10 who makes it to those races, cause they can, because at the top 40, those athletes are very closely matched, but it's almost like, you know, it's, it seems to me like it's almost um, taking advantage of those athletes who really need that special perfect day to come into the top 10 because the reality is if you're ranked let's say 30th to 40th 
and you race frequently and that's a legitimate ranking for you, your chances of a top 10 are still quite low. And so what they're asking is for you to put this huge time investment, financial investment, um, forgo opportunities that you could have raced elsewhere to go and take this shot at maybe getting a top 10. And then nine times out of 10, you're coming away with a loss or, you know, maybe breaking even. And I don't think that's right because I think a lot of those people are going to decide out of necessity that I can't, you know, maybe they can't go to that race. If, if it's far away, if it's expensive, if there's another opportunity where they'd be likely to get on the podium. So what if it's about points, Jack? Like what if you are still 15th at that high competitive race and it's not so much about the money, it's about getting your points up. Then you could still do that. Well, maybe, but at the same time, they give points to every race and they treat each race equally. So well, some, some points are higher and races are higher in points for sure, as we've seen. Well, for sure, but you're not going to bet on that based on how much prize money is available. Um, it should be that way, we think. It should be that the higher the profile of the race, the more points are available, at which point, yes, for sure, those athletes are going to go and buff up their ranking and they, they deserve it. Um, but as it is now, I do think you're going to see a lot of those kind of lower ranked people who qualified not decide to go, uh, at least not to the ones that are far across the, you know, across oceans and in big time zone changes. Um, yeah. Time will tell. I mean, maybe they, if they were to say, let's say they were to put the minimum prize money for, you know, everyone at like something like 4,000, 5,000, I see, in my opinion, that's fair for, you know, going, taking that risk. You're still getting a decent prize check. It wouldn't take that much out of the top end. Um, I think it would be reasonable especially for those people going across, you know, big chunks of big chunks of time zones and huge flights um, for them. But I mean, so, so the big takeaway though, is we still see, you know, the top chunk of change going to the top 10 ranked and we're saying, well, let's take, you know, 25% off that and spread it out a little bit more towards the top 50 or 60. And I think that that's pretty fair given that this is still so new and we've got a lot of development. I mean, the, the top earners are still going to double and triple their salaries based on bonus anyways, especially now with more broadcasts and everything. So the prize purse should be more favorable to kind of help those who've had to try to get there and aren't going to get paid off just appearance fees. So I agree with you, Jack. I think that that's hopefully something they hear us on and eventually we'll start to disseminate further down. And Yeah. I think it's, we also need to know, like there's going to be some growing pains uh, kind of going on as they figure this out and they figure out like where athletes priorities lie and what kind of that investment needs to be from them. So like we said, maybe if it was like four grand instead of two and a half at that bottom end, that would definitely elevate the, like the top 50 guys and like want them to go because that return on their investment of traveling there will be significantly greater than skipping out on these races. But one thing that, I'm really excited for them to see, to see from them is how they're investing in these smaller races still Mm -hmm. like they did during COVID. And I think that's something that they did during COVID that's going to keep going and something they learned there again, just like the growing pain. I would like to see them invest a little more because I think if we can invest and have these like grassroots events where maybe it's like a 10,000, $15,000 prize purse, these local pros I get local pros, quote unquote, have more access to, to paychecks. Like maybe it's only 1500, 
or $500 paycheck. But at the end of the day, if, if they can drive in, you know, the night before or whatnot, and it's not as much of an investment, that's going to elevate them to keep pursuing it because that money is going to go a heck of a lot further than paying those top 10 guys. But while saying that as well, we have to invest in our top, top athletes because at the end of the day, that's who we're going to showcase. And that's, who's going to bring more viewership into the sport in this series. So oh, Nike can pay them more. <laughs> yeah. Well, but anyways, that's it. Killing it. They're freaking doing awesome. We of course are going to advocate for the kind of mid to lower ranked because that's where we are. So it makes sense, but uh, I do see some potential there um, for improvement for future um, growth of athletes for sure. Yeah. But, uh, or we can just pay based yeah. on best looking athletes and we would make the most money. Yeah. And then, then we get the top three ranked and yeah. just, just loving it. Exactly. Totes. All right. Well, with that bombshell, it's been great. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, whatever that you want to do. Otherwise, just keep listening for free and, and laugh. Uh, suggestions yeah. are always welcome. Message us at our Instagram page, the Real Try Squad. Um, if you got anything positive to say, that's great. If anything negative, just go ahead and swallow that and leave us alone. But thanks for your support. Yes. And comment, rate us, um, subscribe on wherever you get your podcast. It helps us a lot with the algorithm. And tell a friend that helps us the most. So if you can tell someone, let's get that sharing that R value up over one. That would be awesome. Thanks. Ready? Peace. Out. Out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one man mission trying to see it through.